Matthew 9, verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. This is the word of the Lord. Great to see you all. Let me pray. Father, speak to us of your Son, by your Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, firstly, can I say how brilliant it is to be here together. Four churches united in this mission to make Jesus known in this community. About a year ago, we we decided to pray about planting another church. uh, And here we are commissioning that church and recommissioning our other church families. Praise the Lord for that. My family home growing up uh, was a farm and uh, part, of that, part of our house was this converted horse stable. And on the second floor, there were these windows that, that looked out to this big field at the back. And as a child, I have this clear memory of looking out those windows and watching my granddad farm that field. For some reason, whether it was pouring rain or burning sun, he'd wear these lovely jumpers I guess he he wanted to look the part even when he was farming. And the start of his year would begin with those fields looking a a right old mess. Like a wasteland, weeds everywhere, remains of the last harvest scattered around. It was hard to see at that point what this patch of land could and would become. In a few months, this overgrown patch of land would have potatoes ready to be harvested. So day after day, week after week, my granddad would would go down to his field, get in his red tractor, had to be Massey Ferguson, none of this John Deere rubbish, for those who who care about that sort of stuff. And and he'd work, he'd clear, he'd plant, he'd feed, he'd water, he'd weed, he'd care. And on this one day... As a child, I have this vivid memory when my granddad came up from that field and came to the house and asked for me. And he said, Sam, come and help me with the harvesting. He hadn't come up and asked me to clear the weeds, but to come in, to come and take that harvest in that he'd worked so hard to produce. I got to be involved in the best bit, bringing in the harvest. He could have done it without me. In fact, it would have been so much easier to do it without me. But he wanted to do it with me. And the look of joy in his face to see his grandson working alongside him to bring in the harvest was a beautiful thing. He saw right at the beginning what could and would become of that field. And he wanted to get me involved. Well, the story of Matthew's gospel is Jesus The living God looking at the mess, the wasteland, the thorns and thistles of our world and getting his sleeves rolled up and stuck in to change the world. 
He's born into poverty, rejected by the world, hunted by Herod. And yet he grows up. And his public ministry launch event is getting into dirty waters. The dirty waters of the River Jordan alongside messed up sinners. And saying, I am with you. And I've come to fix everything. His first act, filled with the Spirit and assured of the Father's love, is to go head to head with the devil and get right to the root of the problem, rewinding our story and putting it right. He did what the first humans couldn't do, resist the devil's lies with the truth of God's word. And then Jesus invites no hopers and nobodies to come alongside him as students of life. To join his mission. And we get to a passage in chapter 4 that sounds similar to the one we've just had read to us. It says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and illness among the people. Wherever Jesus went, it was like a bubble of paradise. Everything seemed to be put right around him. And the news about him spread. So people kept bringing the lost, the broken, the suffering, the sad to Jesus. Because they knew that in him was the place of hope and help. Then he preaches his most famous sermon on a mountain. And it begins, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In other words, if you've got nothing to offer spiritually, if you're rubbish at religion, you're welcome to join me. And as king of this new kingdom, he speaks of life in his kingdom. A kingdom marked not by hatred and lies, taking and abuse, but by love and truth and generosity and sacrifice. A kingdom built not on blood taken, like all the other kingdoms of this world, but on his blood given. From that mountain, he goes on to heal the sick, forgive sinners, calm storms, raise the dead. Like my granddad in that field, Jesus saw in the world what we cannot see. He came to the mess of our world and saw what it could become with his tender, caring, kind, sacrificial work. But then... After seeing all that from Jesus, we arrive at Matthew 9, verse 35. But once again, Matthew almost repeats what's said there in chapter 4. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and illness. So similar, and yet there's a difference between the two passages. In the first People come to Jesus. In the second, Jesus sends people out into the world to join his mission, to speak as he speaks, to live as he lives, to do what he does. If anyone could do it all, fix the world without our help, it's Jesus. And yet, beautifully, that's not how he works. At the beginning of the Bible, God Named day and night, sky and seas. And then he turns to Adam and says, your turn. You name the animals. 
right from the start, this Lord loves to get people involved in what he's doing in the world, even if it makes it harder for him. But it brings the Lord so much joy to have people working alongside him. Of course, Jesus has the unique work of fixing everything by dying and rising again to make it possible for messed up lives like yours and mine to be forgiven and restored. And he invites us into the best bit, harvesting, bringing others into the kingdom of Jesus. And this work of harvesting, it requires us to see as Jesus sees, feel as he feels, speak as he spoke, and live as he lives. Just see verse 36 of Matthew 9. It says, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. I wonder, what do we see when we look out at our community? There's so much to love. But we must be honest, there's a community out there full of darkness, violence, drug abuse, modern slavery. And the stats tell us that 70% identify as something other than a follower of Jesus. I think Jesus looks at this community and says something similar to Matthew 9. They are like sheep without a shepherd. That is, living without direction, in danger of being lost, starving of the joy and delight that's only found in Jesus, attacked by those who echo the devil's lies about God, the world, and ourselves. Those living without Jesus are like sheep without a shepherd. If we're going to join Jesus in his mission, and it starts with seeing our community the way that Jesus does. But notice he, he doesn't just see a sheep without a shepherd. He sees a harvest waiting to be gathered in. He sees people to be saved, lost to be found, hungry to be fed, slaves to be set free, lonely to be brought into community. As we head out to plant, and as we start a season as, new, as established churches, a new season, let's look out to our community with the eyes of Jesus, seeing what he sees. But we also need to feel what he feels. In verse 36, we read that Jesus had compassion on them. That is, you know, being moved in our stomach to feel pity for someone. It's the way a loving mother feels about her sick child. How do we feel about this community? Maybe we've grown frustrated with it. Maybe we're angry at change. That things aren't as they used to be. That certain groups are taken over. That community spaces we used to have are being lost. That's how many feel. Jesus looks and has compassion. Compassion is this inner movement that leads to an outer movement. For Jesus... That outer movement is sending people. On this occasion, it was the 12 disciples, those men that he'd invited to watch and learn from him right back in chapter 4. They'd seen Jesus heal the sick, preach the gospel, and now it was their turn to speak as Jesus spoke and live as he lived. Here in chapter 10, Jesus sends them on this little local mission. 
by the end of Matthew's gospel, these men would be sent out to reach the whole world. And Jesus would say to them, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. How would they bring in the harvest? How would they reach the lost? By planting and growing churches. Churches committed to preaching the gospel, committed to making disciples of all nations. Churches devoted to the apostles' teaching, prayer, life together, breaking bread. Those churches would teach one another to obey all that Jesus commanded about relationships, money, feasting, fasting, love. Their identities, diaries, relationships, speech and habits were transformed by Jesus. And that revolution of Jesus that began at that mountain would sweep across the whole world. And tonight we're part of that. We have that same mission as those first disciples. We follow in their footsteps as they follow in Christ's. We're part of the same story. Tonight, adding another chapter. Well, we began this journey in prayer and we must continue in prayer. Notice how Jesus says, ask or pray that the Lord of the harvest would send out workers into his harvest field. Someone said that no great spiritual awakening has begun anywhere in the world apart from united prayer. Pentecost began with a prayer meeting. And many of the great moves of God have been in response to the prayers of his people. In a revival in Scotland on an island between 1949 to 1952, it was two single housebound women in their 80s praying for revival. Sometimes between 10pm and 3am in their little uh, cottage. Peggy and Christine Smith were their names. At the same time, a group of seven men met regularly to pray on that island until revival came. And it did. People from all over the island cried out for the mercy of God and found help and hope in Jesus. It said that 90% of that island were saved. And just going back to my granddad, my granddad's not only a farmer, but a prayer warrior as well. He's been praying for revival for 50 years. And he saw his own little revival in his farming village. Dozens and dozens of folk coming to know Jesus, including my auntie who wanted nothing to do with Jesus. And yet one Sunday morning, she was doing her ironing and felt this uncontrollable urge to go to church that Sunday. She heard the gospel, met Jesus, and she lived an amazing Christian life for the rest of her life. Shortly, we're going to pray for each church. But as we begin this journey in prayer, may we continue in it too, praying that the Lord would continue to raise up workers for the harvest. And that means people like you and me, because the Lord has answered our prayers. And now we are those who are called to see this community the way that Jesus sees it, as sheep without a shepherd, but as a harvest ready to be gathered. 
We're to feel the way that Jesus feels. Compassion for this broken community. And we're ready to be sent. We're called to speak as he spoke. Live as he lived. And we all have our part to play. We remember, each one of us, that we are not saving the world. But we're announcing that the saviour has come. Our job, like those early disciples, is to gather the harvest, to gather people around Jesus. Let's be confident that the Lord has used us and will use us again. That he has changed lives and he will continue to change lives. As one member of our church community said, he travelled the world looking for God and found him on Platt Lane. Jesus turns wastelands into harvest fields, graves into gardens, broken communities into foretastes of the new creation. This community needs Jesus, and he gives himself to the world through us. Church is how God changes the world. So let's go forward together. And let's go with that final promise of Jesus in Matthew's gospel, ringing in our ears. I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Amen.